Dear friends, thank you for taking the time to listen to our Hope Canteen podcast, where we look at one of the upcoming readings for Sunday for insight into our walk with Christ. This is a landmark podcast for us. This is our 52nd episode. My name is Steve London, Rector of St. Thomas Anglican in Sherwood Park, Alberta, and joined as always by Stephanie London and Michael Rolfe. Stephanie is also the pastor at St. Columba in Beaumont, and Michael is retired Archdeacon of the Diocese and chaplain for the RCMP. So how are both of you today? I had kind of a low this week, and it was because the flowers were blooming and and then then winter came back <laughs> but i'm glad it only lasted a day and looking for forward to the fire of pentecost to you know wipe away a bit of the the blizzard fire's already warming up the atmosphere it's not uh, the, the snow is has almost all gone from our yard so that's a good thing hey this is our 52nd podcast mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. means we on a weekly basis we do this so Hey, we've done this for a whole year now. It's we're starting a new year. That's uh, a long pandemic. It is, but uh, it it's been good to do this. Really I've, good. I've enjoyed these conversations immensely, mm -hmm. and I know that many people in the congregations have also enjoyed them very much. Get the get some great feedback from people asking questions about exactly these texts and readings. I think for me, What's the, the one for today. <laughs> well, it will be Pentecost. I'll just say one thing that was good for me this week is that I we have a screened in back porch and we have started to move out there for our breakfast and for lunches and just for relaxing. And it's always a great moment when we can do that. So this was this was a good good thing for me. So yes, Michael, what are we doing? Well, we are looking at one of the great feasts of the church. We call it the Feast of Pentecost, the coming down of the Holy Spirit on the first disciples and the beginning of that great family of Christ that we call the church. If you wish to read the story before we jump in, you can pause the podcast here and turn to the book, The Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, verses 1 to 21. In the story that we're going to read on Sunday, the disciples are gathered together for a Jewish agricultural feast that was celebrated every year. There were Jews from all over the world. Sometimes it's not always appreciated that by that time in Jewish history, the Jewish people had long been dispersed across the world in what they called the diaspora. But they would return to Jerusalem for the feast days. And on this feast day, something profound happened. The room shook, there was the sound of wind, and the disciples found they had tongues of fire on their heads, and they could suddenly speak other languages to tell people of the good news of Jesus Christ. What is going on here? The lead apostle Peter tells them that this event is indeed the beginning, the fulfillment of all that the scriptures had pointed to. God's Holy Spirit would be poured out for everyone. What does all this mean? Well, I'm glad that Michael and Stephanie are both here today to help me talk about it. Just curious, as you meditated on the passage today, what jumped out at you? I'm caught by the, the, the location. I, I, once again, I, I, this, is, this is my usual way. I'm, I'm caught by the picture of these disciples gathered, presumably in a room. Traditionally, we talk about them as though they've gone back to the upper room and they're sort of in hiding because they, they had great fears. And so they've been in hiding since Jesus' resurrection. And then suddenly they, they must come tumbling out into the street as, as this all happens to them because the crowd is drawn to them. All these people in Jerusalem, they all start coming to them. And, and 
And so they must have somehow been inspired to, to leave the security of the upper room and get out there and, 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 and start proclaiming. That, that's fairly obvious. Um, I, it, it's sort of like a graduation day, isn't it? They, they've been talking and thinking and spending time amongst themselves and now suddenly they're freed, liberated. They're out into the, into the world to do what Jesus wants them to do. That's actually what strikes me as well, Michael. I'm, I'm glad you, I love that image of them pouring out the street, having something in their hearts they didn't have before to leave the security. That when you said that, that phrase struck me because I think that's exactly the power here. People who just what, 49 days earlier had been terrified and scared and trembling and thinking this whole thing had crashed down. And now here we are uh, 50 days later, and suddenly they find an energy and a courage and a power to speak that they never had before. And we see that really strikingly in Peter because he's the one who denied Jesus and ran off into the night. And, and now he's stepping out and shouting from the street corners right the the good work the good news of god um, the things that god has done i have to say this has one of my favorite small quotes in scripture they think obviously these disciples must be drunk and peter says no these are not drunk as you suppose it's only nine o'clock in the morning <laughs> immediately they're facing some criticism from the, from the crowd it doesn't take um, long know, does it it's not going to be smooth sailing necessarily. I always find it worth pointing out, talking about what they have inside them that now gives them a fresh courage, strength, power to speak. And the whole story of the Acts of the Apostles, and if you're reading chapter two on the other end of this podcast, would encourage you just to keep going and read the whole book of the Acts of the Apostles. It's, of course, worth doing. Some people have commented that, in fact, it shouldn't be called the Acts of the Apostles. It should be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit, because in every episode where the Apostles step out and do something amazing, you will find hiding back there, not as prominent, but being the one who gives them the ability to do all these things, the presence of God through the Holy Spirit. And there's something pretty significant about that for all of us. I love Peter's sermon, <laughs> his, his address to the crowd, because he goes back and he, he draws out the prophet from the prophet Joel, uh, that, that wonderful passage about uh, uh, how, how does it go? Old men, uh, he will pour out the, the spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Uh, now that I'm an old man, I guess I'm more of a dreamer than before, but <laughs> it, it, I just love that passage. It's beautiful. It's, it's poetry. In, it really is. We hear now Christian fiction books and movies that, that talk about the last days and really dramatize those things. But, but it strikes me that, that we're, we're in the last days, in a sense, and it's not marked by the cinematic, dramatic things, but it's marked by the presence of the Holy Spirit continuing the work of Christ as the church flows through the world. And I'm, I'm, never going to assume I know anything about when that could happen, when the, the final last days could happen. You know, it could be, could be a hundred thousand years from now. It's, it's just not, that's not the question, but the mark of being part of the last days is the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. 
I want to pick up on part of what you said, Stephanie, that presence of Christ in the Holy Spirit, because I think that's actually one of the big points for us to draw out of here. One of the things, of course, as we celebrate incarnation, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, born into time, fully God and fully human, and he's fully located in his flesh and amongst this group of people. But of course, the disadvantage of such a specific locality of a person is that he could only interact with, you know, 12 here, then 72, then 120. But over time, not everyone, of course, could get to know the risen Jesus. It was just a small group of people. And so when Christ ascends, it is a gift to us because now through his spirit, he can be present to every single one of us. We can all know the risen Christ because he comes to us in the spirit. So not only does he fill us, but this is Christ with us, his, his promise. I think what he meant, I will be with you until the end. And this moment, this Pentecost is that beginning. He will be with us through this powerful outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I guess it answers ascension in, in the sense that when Jesus goes back to God the Father, his presence and his work doesn't stop. In fact, it increases. Talked about the disciples being released from their, their con, the confines of where they'd been hiding and, and they'd been unleashed, as it were, upon the world. And, and, and it's the spirit that is unleashed. It's, it's now there for everyone and everywhere. That's, that's the most important thing here. Yes, I love the democratization of this. The once upon a time, the Holy Spirit was meant to be for perhaps the priests, a special group called the prophets. There's this wonderful story in Numbers where God gives some of Moses' spirits to other parts so they could step up to leadership. And somebody runs up and says, other people are acting out of the spirit. And Moses said, are you jealous on my behalf? I would that God would share this spirit with everyone. And in a sense, that is exactly what's going on here. The Holy Spirit of God is for me, for you, for everyone listening to this podcast. It is, it is a great invitation into the life of God. Yeah, like all great feasts of the church, I love the convergences that happen in Pentecost. So we have that the direct quotation from the prophet Joel, but we also have echoes, as, as you said, of, of other times in the scriptures that God's spirit has been present. You know, the spirit of God hovering over the waters in, in Genesis and um, the spirit on Moses and, and those elders and some of the, the visions of the prophets. And the big one is, is the Exodus where, where the people are, are led through the wilderness by a pillar of fire at night and a pillar of cloud at, during the day. And uh, I think this story of Pentecost is also directly ties back to the, the story of the Tower of Babel in, in Genesis 11, where people try to build a tower up to God and the result is that they have their language confused and their um, sense their their relationships are are broken and their language is scattered and they're no longer able to talk together and and do those things together but then pentecost comes and it's not that the holy spirit erases the distinctions between their languages it's that they're still hearing in their own language and still speaking in their own language but in a sense the holy spirit comes and just transcends all of that and some 
miraculous way. Brought up by the excitement and enthusiasm of the disciples or apostles. I, I'm trying to think about excitement and enthusiasm and how that how can we generate that these days? I, I look back on my my history and I go back to the time when we used to we used to really emphasize uh, confirmation uh, it, as a sacrament, which which we don't emphasize quite the way we did before. I remember lining up uh, that there were in those days we had several hundred kids in a Sunday school and youth group. And, and we had to have two services of confirmation and we were all signed up and it was a really big deal in those days. But uh, was I excited? I don't think so. I, it was, no, it was nice to be there. And, 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 and I, I remember the, the laying on of hands and the receive the Holy Spirit, the Bishop wishing to me to receive the Holy Spirit. But I, I don't remember the enthusiasm of that or I don't remember any real enthusiasm other than for the, the party that went along with it. Uh, and I wonder, how do, we, how do we get enthusiasm these days? How, how, do we, how do we get everybody on an enthusiastic level uh, as the disciples were when they received the Holy Spirit? I know, I'm rambling. <laughs> no, it's a great question, Michael. I actually was just thinking um, of a couple of things. One is, it's a reminder that you were enthusiastic. I think enthusiasm just means to be filled with the spirit. And, and sometimes it does come out with great passion and drive, but I also think sometimes it's very quiet, the Holy Spirit working behind the scenes. I think my other response is, this is one of the great transformations of the church in our present day. I think it's the reason for the charismatic movement. I think it's for all kinds of other movements. I think people are thirsting to not know about God, but actually to know God that looks in a variety of different ways. I'm not one, as you know, to put it in a box that it has to fit, you know, Pentecostal or charismatic or high church or low church. I love all of that. But I think people want to know the living God and people aren't content anymore to just learn about God. Yeah, I think that that's the heart of it. I know we've, we meet people occasionally who are really, um, in a sense, longing for, for those dramatic manifestations of the spirit. I think it's important to see them more as, more as a symptom of the presence of God, which comes in so many different ways, and also that transforming power of God that, that both, both fosters our relationship with God and each other and also sends us sends us out to continue the work of God. And I think that's a very important spiritual point because lots of people do have, when they come to faith or during their faith, they have a, a dramatic experience. Perhaps it is speaking in tongues. Perhaps it's something that happened in their lives. And then often the rest of their spiritual lives or the church doesn't seem to live up to this vision or this enthusiasm. And I think God actually sometimes gives us that gift, but people can dwell in it. I've been in a, a few rooms of, of charismatic people, for instance, who've really tried to contrive the Holy Spirit to be present and do something dramatic. And I went away thinking, I don't think that's quite the point to force the Holy Spirit to make me excited. I think the Holy Spirit is trying to form my heart. I think that's the whole point of the fire image, to purify my heart, to make me into 
more and more the child of God that I was created to be. And so I think that's the work. Sometimes it's enthusiastic. Sometimes it's quiet. Sometimes it stinks. Um, but all of it, the Holy Spirit is forming us. So there is a lot that we can talk about in this Feast of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit is our birthright given to us by God as Christians. And so always this question, how do we grow in the Holy Spirit? As we come to the end of our podcast, we always ask this question, not just what the text says and kind of what people have worked through, but how does it speak to us personally today? And I'm wondering if you've had any thoughts about that issue. For me, I come back to what you said at the beginning Michael, the sense of them being all together in this room, waiting and praying and being together. And it strikes me that, that God didn't leave them there, that at some point the Holy Spirit comes and they're, they're thrown in their th enthusiasm out into the street. And I, I wonder about that because in a sense, during COVID time in our, our little Zoom upper room, we've spent a lot of time praying and just being together and it's a it's a unique time of i guess gaining ears to to hear the the language of god and um to know the story and the work of god and to start i think we may find that we're not we're not left in this space for the rest of our lives then i i look with an, anticipation to what what the winds of the spirit will look like for us and how God will will call us to bear the fruit that that have that have started to to sprout in this time of of waiting and and being together. At some point, this will be the sorry, I'm using gardening metaphors today. This will be like the compost time that will be sent forth to grow something and and to proclaim something and to live on the the wings of the spirit. I find myself reflecting on how do I react? How do I, how do I f see the signs of the spirit? Where, where are the signs of the spirit? And, I, and in my, with my English heritage, in my, not, I was born in Canada, but my mother was born in England. And so I'm, I'm a, I'm a pretty Anglo-Saxon guy. And so, uh, and rather reserved. So when I see people who have the Holy Spirit, who, who really are bubbling over with enthusiasm as the apostles were apparently, uh, am I inclined to say, I think they're drunk? <laughs> no, <laughs> that they have, they have, something has inspired them. And, and so I look for signs that it is, that the spirit is at work. And, and I hope that I find some of those signs in myself. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that word. I was thinking as you were talking about confirmation that, that uh, we Anglicans and liturgical churches are very good at at taking these experiences and writing them into something in the the prayer book. But um, within that, you know, it's a great question. Where is the spirit moving? For me, the Holy Spirit is at the heart of my Christian faith. I, so I actually come back to this and meditate on the Holy Spirit and, and not meditate in the sense of a mental thing. I My favorite image for the Christian life in the New Testament is this verb to be filled. And so that's what I often try to do every morning in my devotional. What does it mean to be filled? I actually see my whole discipleship life in terms of this metaphor of breathing and just a reminder to people who might not know the Holy Spirit Panoma can be translated both spirit and breath or wind. 
And so I see my whole Christian life as being a breathing in and breathing out. So breathing in is those things that fill me, that give me peace, that connect me with God, that, that make me more whole. But I can't just breathe in all the time. I also have to breathe out. And this is my acts of service and blessing to the world. Where is God calling me out? But I can't just breathe out all the time or I'll run out of breath. So I have to breathe in again. And so I sort of see it as this kind of constellation of just back and forth breathing in the spirit, breathing out the spirit. And so this is just a metaphor that speaks to me quite a bit. Well, thank you so much for listening to our Hope Canteen podcast. We really enjoy having these conversations. There's just something very powerful about not only reading scripture, but meditating on scripture. And so that's what we see ourselves doing through these podcasts. If you have any ideas, if you have meditated on this, how the Holy Spirit speaks in your life, please, please place them either in the website or send them to me, RevSteveLondon at gmail.com. Until the next time, we will talk about one of the big mysteries. What is the Holy Trinity. But until then, we'll see you next week. See you later.